Thursday had some things happening uh, but the good news is a while back I had told you about my little nephew my brother's um son Luke and how he was premature and you know there was so much prayer and 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 love for this child and and what looked like could have been such an absolute tragedy God has restored this little baby. He was over at the house tonight, just so full of joy and happiness. And I thought he was about ready to do his first crawling right here. I was unbelievable. And, you know, it reminds me of the miracles that God does daily for all of us. Yet sometimes we don't always recognize them, except when they're really big, like with Luke and, and other stuff. But the small miracles of, of breath that we take for granted, which actually are huge miracles in themselves, the miracle of life every day, the miracle of being able to have food to eat, and, and, and all these things that God does for us every day, and we miss it. I just think it's time to remember, folks, how good our God truly is to us. In tonight's program, I want to I want to dig into something. It's not going to be a long show, but it's going to be very poignant and very. I hope it hits deep. I hope it hits hard, and, and not a way to. Uh, this is not a program to hurt or to to try to um, guilt or make you feel bad. No, this is a program to have a self inspection and, and look because the times right now are demanding we dig deep and look deep. We already see what's happening. I don't know if you saw the video this week with the president uh, that was leaked the footage out of him in the People magazine interview. 30 seconds, he went into a complete blank stare. I mean, the look in his eyes were just empty. And, and listen, I don't wish that on anybody, but there is something wrong that's going on. We've all known it. But folks, it's just it's another reminder that he's a puppet and there are people that are controlling what's going on in this world that don't like us as believers. And our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in some militia that's going to fight and beat the government. Our hope is in Yeshua, Jesus Christ, because he is the one who's going to get us through. And I also want to ask for you all to keep our brother David Murray Hope to have him back here soon on the Remnant Call in prayer. He slipped on some ice, had some injuries. He had to go to the hospital, and it's been pretty serious, but God's going to heal, and we just ask you pray for Brother David and that his recovery would be speedy and he would get back on his feet. Uh, we know that the Lord loves him, but folks, just because we... We follow the Lord doesn't mean that everything's rosy in our lives. And you would be surprised sometimes when things happen to us, the opportunity for when it seems like you're in a terrible situation for God to do something amazing and reach somebody that you never knew could be reached. And if had you not been in the hospital or had you not been here, you may have never had an opportunity to speak something into somebody's life. Let's pray. Father. We understand the hour that we're living in. It is intense. It is serious. It's life-changing. And this life-changing, Lord, it's kind of like the two-edged sword in the Bible. It can cut to the marrow. It can heal. It can wound. 
It can do good. It can do bad. Lord, it, it does, it, it can either, this hour can either take us away from God or it can bring us closer. And so, Lord, we know that your desire is to have us draw closer in this hour and not to let the world divide, but actually to let the hardship draw us closer, to hold on even tighter because we understand that the plane, the ship, it's going down. We need to hold on to our parachute, hold on to our life raft, and we know that that is you, Lord, and we want to not let go through this hour. I pray that the words come forth would be according to your will, because I've asked it, Father, in Yeshua's name, and we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Amen. I want to share a story with you. It's one that always hits me so deep. If you're not familiar with David Livingston, he was the great explorer and Christian missionary who had spent a large portion of his life blazing across unmapped territories of Africa in the mid-1800s. He had such a passion that nothing, not even sickness, could hardly slow him down. Livingston died in the chief Chitambo's village of Ilala, southeast of Lake Benguele, in the present-day Zambia on 1 May 1873. He died from malaria and internal bleeding caused by dysentery. He took his final breaths while he was kneeling at his bedside to pray. Britain had wanted the body to give it a proper ceremony, but the tribe would not give his body to them. Finally, they relented, but they cut out Livingston's heart, and they put a note on the body that said this, You can have his body, but his heart belongs in Africa. Livingston's heart was buried under the Mavala tree near the spot where he died, now in the site of the Livingston Memorial. I want to ask you a simple question, friend. If you died today, where would they bury your heart? Would it be in your wallet? Would it be in your work? Would it be in Facebook? Would it be on YouTube? Would it be in your fear? of this COVID, where would your heart be buried? Let's be honest with ourselves. Have we really given all of our hearts to God? All over America today, we see a dawn of a new age in church. This new form of church now going viral, and I'm not talking about necessarily, folks, all just the normal churches, the fellowships, everything that's going on. There's a new form of church that's happening today because church in general has been disbanded. Fellowships have not been meeting like they should because fear has come across our country and gripped believers so hard that now it is the controlling factor that leads most Christians in their walk with God, fear of what might happen. Oh, but there are those now that if they can just get the, the, uh, the vaccine, everything will be okay. Folks, I'm telling you right now, I'm not getting the vaccine, okay? Uh, listen, I'm not trying to put an undue burden on you. I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast because if you read the mark of the beast, that's it has to do with something different. I'm not even going to get into that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not putting that into my body. I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing. Vaccine or no vaccine, where is our heart? 
Because if our heart is with God, we still have a mission regardless of the fear factor that's going on in the world today. And this new church, now controlled by fear, has been rendered powerless. No power anymore to convict and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ because it takes the power of the Holy Ghost in order to convict a person. But if the church lacks the spirit of the living God, then the gospel prayers are just meaningless. And having evangelistic series on Zoom and everything else because you're too afraid to reopen your church to spread the good news of the gospel, shame on the pastors who have lived in fear and have caused fear to grip their churches in the United States of America. It wasn't bad enough with the whole seeker-friendly movement or the prosperity gospel, but now it's the gospel of fear and virtue signaling of seeing how virtuous I am because I wear two masks instead of one and I am more worried about it's all a fake cover-up because of the fear they just act like it's virtuous but the truth is they're cowering instead of serving more comfortable being on an online service than actually getting out and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ don't let anything Interrupt my life, O oh Lord, because I am comfortable living in my panic and fear. You may not be saying it, but what are we doing? How are we acting? Now, I understand there are those who are terminally, uh, or not terminally, but in bad health conditions. I'm not here to judge your life. But there are too many that are living in an unbiblical fear. The Bible is not about fear. The Bible is about perfect love that casteth out all fear. It reminds me of that verse in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, when it says, chapter, or verse 8, when it says this, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. Oh, yes, praise the Lord. Thank you, God. But actually get out and do anything for the Lord? No, not going to do that. You know, I remember one time, Ken Hovind, I used to love when he had listened to his creation seminars, he used to always say, even the worst of people could do something for the Lord. Even they could at least serve as a bad example. Now, I know that's silly, but he's, what he's trying to say is somebody can do something no matter what your situation for the Lord is. You can at least pray for those that are out on the front lines if you're stuck in the rear because we know the front the front cannot survive without the rear support. The military, if you've ever been in the military, you will know that. And so unfortunately, before COVID, which now we know the numbers are completely uh, inflated. I'm not saying COVID's not real and all this stuff. I'm trying to tell you, though, that we are off at least 40% in the numbers. According to the doctor, or the man, uh, Minnesota and other people are saying the numbers are completely inflated. Ask people that work in the hospital. They'll tell you that if they tag it as COVID, it will be more money. I was just talking to a guy at a dealership the other day, and they're so frustrated because I think it was his grandma died of cancer, but they tagged her as COVID and the grandfather lost the insurance policy and he's so frustrated not because he wanted the money but he needed it to live on because they get more money instead of tagging her what she actually died from just because she had COVID she died from cancer but the truth is there's been one thing in the United States that has killed above everything else yes there's right now the COVID numbers but the number one killer overall in America has always been for many years now heart disease Heart disease for years has been the number one killer in America, and I'm telling you, it's the number one killer in the church of God today. Heart disease. 
because we don't know who our hearts belong to. Heart disease is the number one cause of death in the church of God today. When we don't exercise our faith and we don't allow God to use us in situations that may test our faith, it will result in a hardness of the heart and a spiritual laziness will begin to set in. I've said it before. If you are unwilling to step out into the storm, how can God ever have a chance to say, peace, be still? But we would rather remain in the bottom of the boat, sleeping, not sleeping like Jesus because he wasn't afraid of the storm, but sleeping like Jonah because he was running from God. Instead of recognizing this hardness, it is just easier if we point out everybody else's problems so that we can justify ourselves and deceive ourselves into thinking that we're okay. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you meet them, I, I, I hear them on the internet, I know them, I've talked to them. If you find somebody that all they are is critical of someone else, that is an absolute indicator that that person's life is full of sin. And they are trying to cover their sin by blaming other people. It happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam said, this woman that you gave me, you know, and what he was trying to blame God. And the first thing they did when they sinned, what did they do? They went and sewed together fig leaves, right, so they could cover themselves. When a person blames other people, that is an indication that they are living in a life of sin and their guilt, the only way they can suppress it is by lashing out at others. And folks, we see it all the time. I was just talking to Brother Ben. Benjamin, it's out there. The people that you would think and trust. I mean, I feel so bad sometimes. This brother, Benjamin, he is, he's been around for so many years. And the things that you would believe that people uh, will say nice things one day and turn around and send him emails that would horrify you. And they call themselves believers. It's shocking. And I've seen this stuff. There are so many crazy people out there. And folks, if you think that there's no crazy people out there, you might be one of those crazy people. God in his wisdom, in his mercy, wrote about this situation that was not only going on in the early church, but would come again full circle in the last days. I know you've heard this before, but please give me a moment to talk about this famous verse from Revelation chapter 3, 14 through 22. You probably have heard it before, the church in Laodicea, but we need to look at it for just a second. Chapter uh, 3, Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14, and unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. So here God's talking to the church in Laodicea. It says, you know what? You got a big problem. You're not hot or cold. You're not doing one thing. You're not going away. The other God said, I'd rather you be ice cold than lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, if you were hot, you could absorb into the body. And if you were cold, you could probably pass right through. But because you're lukewarm, you just start to fester in the Lord's stomach and gut. He says, you know what? I'm going to spew you out. You know what your problem is? Your heart belongs to the world because you think you got everything together. You think that everything is taken care of and you don't need anything. And the truth is you are blind and poor and naked and you don't even see it. 
You see, when your heart is not in tune with God, when your heart is not surrendered to the Lord, you miss often things that are going on in your own life and you end up blaming others for the problems in this world. Look, folks, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. You're right. Yes, there is an evil administration that is going about. But, folks, there's always been evil people in this country, Democrat and Republican. Yes, there have been. I've said it. Yes, there are evil people that promote things that are ungodly and unbiblical, but we tend to justify them so often when it fits somewhat of what we need need. But right now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on because the truth is, in the last days, it's about us and our heart. And on Judgment Day, there will only be one person standing there, you. And if Jesus Christ is not your intercessor, you are going to be in trouble. Verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore, and repent. Behold, I am at the door, and knock. If any man hear my voice, and open the door, I will come in, and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and had set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So here God knows the church of Laodicea. He knows the church in today's age is messed up. We are the church in Laodicea. He knows the disaster that they are. And he says, I still desire that you would buy some of this gold that has been tried in the fire. You see, the situations we are going through right now, the things, the hardships that are happening, God is trying to get the gold that is tried in the fire, the fire that burns out the dross and leaves only the pure things behind. But so often when the fire and the trial comes, we're so quick to get out of it because we love our comfort instead of allowing God to work that which he needs to work and so our hearts can be in tune and in harmony with him at the again. At, at again. And so here we are in these last days, and God's saying, I am still at the door knocking. I haven't given up yet. You see, I know that there are people listening that know their lives are a disaster right now. They know they're not cutting it. They know things aren't going right. I'm here to tell you, God hasn't given up yet. He's still at the door knocking because he so much wants you to open and let in. What God was telling the church in Laodicea, your treasure, it's in the wrong place. We need to remember what the kingdom of heaven is really all about. Matthew chapter 13. I want to start to close with this parable. Verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field that which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof he goeth and selleth all that he hath and buy the field. So here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, it says the kingdom of heaven 
You got to read it close. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. It's something so amazing that when we find it as believers, we're willing to give up everything for it. There's no price that's too high to be paid to have this treasure. It's so glorious and so amazing. And it's the most beautiful picture of us seeking after God. And when we find him, how glorious and how worth it he is that we would be willing to sell everything. But it's the parable after it that is so often misread, yet is so glorious. Verse 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he hath found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he hath and bought it. So often when it's read, you know what people think? The kingdom of heaven is like a great pearl of price. Uh, 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 the pearl of great price, right? It's this one, the kingdom is just this pearl that's so worth it, but that's actually not what the verse says. Read it again, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant, not a pearl. Do you hear what it said? The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You see, the first parable talked about a treasure hidden in the field, and we, man, the us and the earth, when we found it, we were willing to sell everything. But now the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. It's actually talking about Jesus, and then when he found the good pearls, that he was willing to sell everything he had to have it. This is a picture of God willing to lay down everything for us. You see, verse 44, it's us seeking God. And 45 and 46 is God seeking us. And what I'm trying to say there, folks, is that as hard as God wants us to come after him, he is coming that hard after us. You have every chance to make it in this world, no matter where you have been, even though you've messed up, even though you may have failed. God said he saw you like a pearl in the field. And he was willing to give up all of his treasure to have you. For the joy that was laid up before our Lord, he endured the sufferings of the cross. Because you, my friend, were like a great pearl. And God thought you were worth it. God wants us to understand what the kingdom of heaven is really like. This great treasure that is so valuable that the Christian is willing to let go of everything in order to have it because the God of heaven saw that you were worth so much that he was willing to let go of his kingdom authority that he had to come down to this earth as a lamb led to the slaughter so that he could have you. Folks, it doesn't matter. If you've been living in the church of Laodicea and maybe you've been serving the bowels of hell, God is saying, if you can see the treasure, this treasure named Jesus, who when John the Baptist saw him, all he could say was, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. If you can understand this treasure of a loving God who laid down his life, who said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. 
and realize that even though you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked and you have failed the Lord, he said, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God says, even though you have been unrighteous, you've been filthy, blind, and naked, and you didn't even know it, I still desire to forgive you. I don't know what it is in this hour that I could possibly share with you more than that your God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, sent his only son to lay down his life because he thought you were worth it. Folks, we are living in perilous times. We're living in an hour when the world is beginning to hate us truly just because we love them and we want to share the good news, they hate us. Just because we serve a mighty God who laid his life down, they hate us. But it doesn't matter because God has called us for such a time as this. Just like when Queen Esther was called for such a time when she was, we have been called as the remnant of believers throughout the whole world. All those who are called by his name who want to leave out of the church of Babylon and come to that inner circle where the remnant reside without walls but are surrounded by the covering of the wings of the Almighty. That is the remnant, and we have a job that we are to share the good news that Jesus Christ is coming and He loves us and He is going to take His bride to be with Him forever. Folks, this is the hour, and God says, Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. If you're looking to start over, I invite you to cry out and to ask your God for forgiveness because he is so faithful and so just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can be useful in his last day's army to spread the good news to a dying world that Jesus is coming again. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, someday on the mountains. Though a trumpet in Zion.